We still need we still, still need a catchphrase, you know. We still we still we're, we're not regressed, <laughs> but we're we're coming back, you know. We actually we're gonna give it up to the audience to to, to um, find us one. So yeah, so we're back. I'm 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 Dennis. Don't be a menace. Uh, let's do the intro, intros, I guess. Who, who else have we got here? Um, D Cooper. Oh god, Danny Fantone. Yeah. Um, this is going to take 15, 20 minutes, guys. He's got. <laughs> He came up with 20 aliases <laughs> since the last time we recorded. So, I, I, anything else you got? D, D, uh, D, C, Z, D, Coops. I might, yeah, 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 those as well. <laughs> those as well. Those Young as Danny well. Breezy. Young Danny Breezy. He Coops. The Chosen One. The cho- oh, the my God. One. <laughs> what? Have you been watching Michael Jordan recently? <laughs> yeah, the special one. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's coming to Michael Jordan confidence. He's been watching Last Dance. <laughs> he's been watching. The, he's been watching. He's been hearing. He's been listening. You've been watching too much Michael Jordan, man. It's, it's rubbing off on you. That's it. That's that's good. <laughs> it's interesting. Maybe, maybe every episode we'll, you, you'll come up with a new alias that we haven't heard of. That, that yeah, might be. That, that, that might yeah, be a good yeah, running joke. <laughs> and who else have we got? Last but not least, we've got Lavs in the building, hey. and I'm excited. To be here. So, guys, thanks for joining us again. Um, last episode, I guess we were vibing on all sorts of different things. The the, the, the discussion went many places. Um, go check that episode out. We kind of gave it a bit of a background in terms of who our influences are in life and also who our influences are in terms of in music. We had a really cool debate section. We went off on some artists that, you know, might cancel us now because of that episode so uh this hill i'm still sorry but uh yeah the apology flowers aren't coming anytime soon sorry but but it's but it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay okay um so basically um i guess with this episode uh we're kind of going through oh yeah by the way last episode we also have a playlist for you guys on spotify so all of you guys that your music heads Every episode of Check the B-Side will have some sort of playlist attached to it and it will be giving you an insight on what that episode was about. So the last episode, the playlist was around kind of our influences and, you know, where we come from musically and where that's all stemmed from. So be a mixture of everything. So you got that to look forward to. We've also got some exciting other things as well um, on top of that to um, basically reward you guys for listening. So, so we appreciate the support. I guess that's just our way of saying that. Um, so... This episode is going to be a really interesting one. It's going to be fairly different to what, I guess, a normal podcast might be. We might be, we're still going to be talking like debates and there's still going to be a lot of bits and things in there. But today we're actually talking about social responsibility. Um, And social responsibility can be so many different things. I guess we're a podcast where music meets life. So... We want to talk about elements of, you know, social responsibility to your friends, social responsibility to your family, you know, social responsibility to kind of what your understanding of it, how it's broken down, you know, and how you feel affiliated in terms of where that fits. 
And we're going to tie that back into music in terms of the social responsibility of us artists to our, our fans, the people that actually engage with us. Uh, social responsibility from labels to their artists, you know, social responsibility from consumers as well. So you guys listening, what's your responsibility in terms of where things kind of sit? So it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a mixture of different things. We might divide some people, but uh, we might bring some people together. Possibility as well. Positivity. It's important. Positively Fridays. Check out Laz on Instagram. <laughs> After this long, this is a long soliloquy. I feel like as if I'm at that point, you know, where like you guys are trying to eat food and I'm making the prayer go extra long. You know, where someone is praying that longer. No, just I'm like, trying to eat, Please, man. can you wrap? Can you just wrap up then? It's like, this is a long intro. In direct <laughs> About, this one has not always have to add something else. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, jollof rice is getting cold. I don't want to eat cold jollof rice, okay? Like, <laughs> please geek down. Yeah, so <laughs> if we're going to go into the meat of the topic, social responsibility. So, I guess one of the open ended questions that we had was essentially like, what social responsibility to each person, like, in terms of. From, my, from our perspective. So I guess, Danny, do you want to maybe kick off and just start off in terms of, like, what do you see, like, responsibility for? Do you see, like, social responsibility as something that's to who you are or to who your friends or to your family? Can you give us, like, a bit of an overview of, so, like, what does that mean to you as a person first? So, um, for me, how I see social responsibility is um, there's a certain, I guess, expectation that you're supposed to act in a certain way so for example um a role model like let's give um you know if you're like a leader in a um like a group or something mm. like people that do activism let's go with that there's a certain i would say expectation that that person is supposed to act in a certain way and they're expected to you know behave in a certain way and i guess move in a certain way mm. so you know, um, are you just asking for just gen in general how I feel? Just in general, gonna... how do you feel about it? I mean, just to kick off, I mean, like, okay. I, I mean, I think in terms of it is quite an interesting topic within a sense because obviously it covers so many different layers. So it can be social responsibility to what you feel like to people that you don't know in society or social okay. responsibility to your family, your friends. It can be open-ended, whatever it is that you want to want to say. So I'm just going to say, I feel just in general, I just feel it's... Social responsibility is a, a your your I guess you're met with the expectation to behave in a certain way. That's how I would define it. Okay, and me personally, and, and how does that like in terms of for you the way you actually work? So, for example, like some people feel like the social responsibility is to ensure that you know the their community is intact or the people that's closest to them is intact. So, for you, like, what mm -hmm. are your personal values around that? Well. I guess you know for me and my life simple i'm a son you know i'm a i'm a friend i guess so if we're going to talk about family i'm expected to you know see if i go <laughs> in my parents house i'm obviously expected to behave and was expected to you know clean up after myself you know uh, look great. Right. you know you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> you leaving plates in the kitchen exactly <laughs> you know what i mean 
well, you know, yeah. cover, put the put the cover over the microwave when you're heating yes. food. <laughs> oh, the amount of flipping tongue is, lashings I've that had is a bad off one. that one. That in every African household, this this yeah. should just be a label on the microwave that just says that in infrared, and basically. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of more of, of very much, very much common ones. When I when we used to grow up in Africa, like you could not eat if you weren't at the table. That was another thing. Mm. You could not eat away from the table mm. because of mm. my grandmother's carpet. Um, that was like the most. I think my grandmother's carpet, like it was just like I see if she blessed it with something. I don't know yeah, what it was. Secret. <laughs> but if anything happened to it, there would be some trouble. And and she knew mm. every spot as well, even the corners of the carpet. You know, even the place where you had no business. You know, even knowing where a stain was, you'd be you'd be found out. She she she's. Yeah. She should have gone in a different career, detective. That's that's what she should have been like. Cause I tell you, there was one time I spilled jollof rice in the corner. <laughs> my life was never the same again. <laughs> For a month, <laughs> my life was never the same. So I have a social responsibility <laughs> to, to, to making sure I don't have jollof rice on the on well, the you carpet. Knew why you dropped it? Well, I was watching. Um, I think it was. Um, Cartoon Network and Ed, 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 and Eddie came with. And I was oh and I was rushing to go for the food or the thing, you know. At that time as well, like we had just got Cartoon Network as cable. I was watching VHS tapes before that, so my life had been upgraded. So as a kid, yeah. I was going crazy. You know, I get jollof rice twice a week with Ed, 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 Eddie. My life was sorted. Like so, in terms of standards of a nine-year-old, like that was great. That was great for me. But um, yeah, never, ever, ever, ever ever did that again just to say and even now even when i probably go around that place i probably have vicinity of do not drop anything on the carpet for that same reason so yeah um but labs for you what what aside from jollof rice anxiety on the carpets <laughs> what does social responsibility mean to you like <laughs> yeah um do you know what i'd say it's the same thing but in in different levels yeah. depending on who you are mm-hmm. so obviously for family as young danny just touched on it's going to be different to mm. maybe on a societal level but it's still the same principle and that is like obviously one i'm responsible for the way i act and the way i just maneuver um and i think that um we should all just be aware of how one affects the other Mm. Um, maybe when I was younger, I didn't really see that. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was quite, I was quiet, but I have <laughs> moments of mischief. Of course. And it's like you don't really see how it affects another person. But then, I guess, obviously, I'm getting older now, and I'm just in different spaces, um, especially in creative world. And what I'm doing now, it's very collaborative. Like, you need to be aware of just other people and how you're um, coming across. Sometimes maybe in one setting it's fine to behave a certain way and in another setting we all know this term code switching we kind of just need mm. to not completely change <laughs> but there's <laughs> a little tweak that we need to just do all that use a different language so we can still be heard and not you know automatically just get written off mm. um and when it comes to friendships as well i think as you introduced that you know social media has kind of changed that perspective i just mm. want to speak to that because <laughs> Just because we're friends on Instagram doesn't mean it's not friendship. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Likes does not create friendship. Yeah. It it doesn't. And um, you know, 
for me, I'm very old school in the sense that let's let's jump on FaceTime, let's jump on a call, mm. let's text, let's do all that because I feel like nowadays maybe people because they've they've watched your story, they think that oh yeah, I've I've caught up with you, and it's like no, <laughs> you haven't because yeah. as we know, we're not posting everything online. Yeah, and again, just levels of access to people. Some people. They're seasonal people. You get the seasonal access. Exactly. Your link up people. But mm. at an event, cool, nice, nice to see you again. Catch you at the next motive. Then you have your people. If you're in a die straight, I know I can call X. <laughs> They're gonna mm. be there. And even if I wasn't labs, if I wasn't this person, they'll still be there because they've seen me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. When it comes to that expectation, I don't. Um, I'm very aware of people and places and so I don't get disappointed. I've learned that lesson of putting the wrong people in certain places and it's like, well, <laughs> I thought you were going to be there for this and yeah. you weren't. And it's like, ooh, but it's like at the same time, those lessons need to be learned. Not everyone is meant to be in a circle, accessible areas. Some people, it's cool with a seasonal, it's cool with a link up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm comfortable with that, that's enough. Mm. But at the same time, it allows the relationships I do have to have a certain richness. It's like you add something that this person doesn't. So I guess it's kind of like, I don't want to use the word compartmentalizing, but it's kind of like that. But there's still value in everything. Like obviously my inner circle, I respect and value and know they'll pull me up on things that um, they can because they know me. Not if, oh, you see Lav's post and maybe a left, a picture that you might think is left on the gram. And then you're going to DM, oh, don't know you like that yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah as i said different people different levels and then obviously family end of the day that's your family um I, obviously i can speak for myself like yeah it's it's they're with you from the start <laughs> yeah. and they'll be with you however things are like yeah they're there in it they're there and i think my responsibility to them is show up even if even if it's painful to show up sometimes, like in, when I say painful, I mean like it's a sacrifice for me to do so sometimes. Like that's family. And I believe that anything you reap, you'll sow. It might not be in the same way, but you'll sow it in a different way. <laughs> that's that's just my personal belief. That's that's my spiel. Mm-hmm. No, no, <laughs> spiels are all good. If not, you get Uncle Dad is ranting too long. So that's been being me. I watched the last episode and I was just like, you preaching out here, man. You might as well just get yourself a little pulpit and just just straight up get some scriptures out and you could be good. Um, <laughs> no, but no, that's what it's all about. I definitely hear what you're saying um, in terms of people's need of responsibility to each other is often governed by things that aren't actually realistic anymore. Um, so, for example, like I know some people that get social anxiety from not being in constant conversation with someone via text. Um, right. I don't feel a social responsibility to text everybody every day. I don't. I really don't. I feel like I value more someone actually setting the time and to have a conversation with myself and really putting into light. There isn't a conversation about, you know, what happened on Netflix last week. Someone that's yeah. consistently invested in you as almost like you, you're, as much as you're invested in them, and I feel like friendship and social responsibility to each other is something that's quickly diminishing because the access to making friends is a lot easier than before. It's just the click of a button. And people are now kind of mistaken in what those two values are. So, for example, I know people, 
let me give you a good example. The pandemic was a great start because everyone felt they had a social responsibility to check on their friends when COVID hit mm-hmm. and the first lockdown came. And I saw these great Mother Teresas on Instagram asking, are you okay? Everything's good. Day, day, like day one to five of lockdown was the most inspirational. These guys are out there singing vigils. You know, they're out here trying to inspire people. Like, it's going to be okay. We're going to go through this. I don't see these people anymore. Like, these people don't message me no more. They had like a 20-day subscription period to me. And then, wow. then they, they decided I wasn't worth retaining anymore. That's just the way in which people's mindsets work in these days. It's like, mm. you have to have people around you that really, my social responsibility to my friends is, I'm the person that will pick up the phone. I'm the person that's going to feel responsible for you feeling great two weeks later down the line. Post the event happening to yourself. I'm the person that will help you plan out of the situation. I might not necessarily have all the answers, but I'm there to listen and help. And our social responsibility to to our friends and our family is really kind of changed, I think. I really do think like a lot of people's weighting of it has really, really changed. I know a lot of people that feel like they have a social responsibility to somebody else for all the wrong reasons, because for the most part, that's just because they are blood. Like, and I've seen this work really badly. I've seen this work really badly in scenarios where people are happy to be taken advantage of. They're happy not to even see the actual light of where things are going because that's my cousin, that's my this, that's my that. And I look at that and I think like, if it was any other situation, you would you would have the social responsibility to, to them to say, listen, I don't like the way in which our relationship works. I don't feel like the value of what you bring to me is productive. I don't feel like you drive me in the right direction. You don't inspire me. Like people need to be able to understand that that conversation, regardless of whatever the situation is, this is just the way I, I deal with it. Like for me personally, and it's, it's uncle Dennis is a lonely man these days because of this. Okay. Because, because of this very same reason of being very real with people and saying, listen, if you're going to be with me, like, not just be with me for the rough times, but be with me from a productive standpoint. Don't just be like, show up whatever, because we want to go out to a gig and just have a drink and then you go. That's fine. There's a certain level. And you said there's certain levels of access to people that you should have. But unfortunately, where things are going with social media is people don't value what their friends bring to the table anymore. They feel like friendship is this review club where, you know, you can go and talk about your week and then that's it. And then they move on to the next thing. And then next week you come back to another review club and you go, you could, you could do that. That's no problem. But if, if people aren't obsessed with your growth as much as you are with theirs, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. There's no point. There really is no point. Like in my opinion, because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. If I know my friends invested in my learning and my, um, progression as a human being as much as I am with them we're gonna be way better off you know we still talk about normal things we still talk about our interests and things like that but I'm always thinking about is my friend actually thinking productively is he thinking like oh Dennis is involved in this right I should think about how I can either help him or he can help me or how can we create opportunities together that work within what we're interested in those are the kind of people I give my time to because I know those people within that sense, we have a mutual beneficiary of why we're friends. And now that might sound really contractual and business-like, but the truth is 
the reason why you do that is because for the most part you don't get into these expectations where you got in that scenario where you, you thought someone was your friend and all of a sudden they aired you or they left or they ghosted you or whatever it was i feel like if you don't manage that process very well you end up with a friend list of three people you can call and loads of people have that right now they have a thousand people on their friends list they have acquaintances but mm -hmm. maybe five or six of them they can actually give a phone call and they'll actually pick up the phone and I found this out the hard way, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so I think my social, just tying up everything together, is like my resp my social responsibility to every to, to the people I really care about is to show up, you know, and to be productive and give them actual soluble things. Like not just be there because I'm this part of this or I'm part of this relationship. Or for me, I'm actively looking at that. I'm actively looking at like who's actually thinking about what i'm gonna do in, in two three months or four months because you get certain people to just show up and they just talk and they just show up to the party and they just show up to the party and there's the the, the mother theresa's of covid they come in they're like oh i hope you're okay i hope you you don't mean half of that stuff like you really don't you're just it's just verbatim i don't even yeah. want to hear it like just in I, case you make it just, let me just, just... <laughs> okay. so, like it's like yeah. I, like before covid you were like mm. the most like arrogant person i know like mm. by far and now all of a sudden you're like in these hard times it's important that we come together and, <laughs> and i'm just like no wait i ain't spoken to you again in a month where's your pulling together now i need to ask where you are because you're AWOL. i can't find you someone go and get a search for this guy and you know who you are by the way um oh. honestly like oh, you can't come oh, out that. you cannot come out and be like talking all this stuff and building all this clout and asking if people are okay and then mm. you know you ask that you have to try and have a conversation with them now when obviously everything's back not back to normal but you know human beings are just interesting like that you know um so mm. so that that's kind of like my two cents on it it's a an interesting way but i it's really sad but sometimes you have to be almost like very specific about why you're friends with someone you have to be because otherwise the friendship doesn't really like grow it doesn't really go anywhere and i think that that's kind of an important part that like, people don't really consider with the friendships that they keep and the people that they decide to keep they just kind of just attach to people and say oh he's a music guy or he's an art guy or mm. like you know he knows this person so he knows that person so he's worth like putting four hours of my time every week with it's like no the guy just does everything else that everyone else does. Like, <laughs> no disrespect. But yeah. I don't know. It's a really controversial thing because people often think, like, don't do that with your friends, you know? And that's important as well. Like, don't be transactional as in transactional. Yeah. But yeah. from the outlook of things, yeah, there has to be a reason why Dr. Dre and Eminem got together. You know, there was a collaboration, there's a synergy, there's an energy there. And I know a lot of people that Mutual. have... Mutual, yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have friends that have no synergy. They just show up and they're just like, yeah, we're friends. But it's just like, bro, I see that friendship. It's just it's magnolia paint. There's nothing going on there. There's no... <laughs> the artist is there struggling, wondering what colours is going to pick together. It does not know how it even works. So, that... that I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's just, a, it's, it's just me. Um... It might no, be a bit I... of an old man way approach of back in my day, people were real friends and they actually spoke to each other type. But really, that's just the truth. Like, if you're my friend, pick up the phone. I don't want to see your emoji text. I want to see... Don't don't show me emotions through emojis. Like, actually open up your phone and call me up and ask if I'm okay. Don't, like... Yeah. I just call people. I don't... I barely ever text. 
if I do, it's only because mm. of convenience. But you need people that are going to show up in your life. And if you only have, like, a few of them, you might as well, like, invest all your time in those people. Because the likelihood is they're the people that they, they when you're in a scenario where, you know, it's tough, you, they're going to get you out of it. Yeah, facts. And but, I think, yeah, just to round you up as well, like... I feel like, especially films and social media, it's it's an image thing now. Mm, it's just like, yeah. if your click doesn't look like this, then nah, it's not real friendship. Or if this doesn't do this, and it's just like, we're not in school anymore. We're not now fo- forced to be with a certain group of people. Do you know what I mean? We now decide, even how we all met, we met exactly, there's a mutual thing on music, and then just just perspective and just vibes, we, we kind of have that. So, mm. yeah, it's like actually doing the work and you can tell who does because there's a richness to the friendship there's depth it's not just oh yeah we all just get along and everyone's just a bunch of yes men it's like no there's going to be some sometimes i didn't like what you did there <laughs> but let's book it out there's going to be all of that those are my and... best friends my friend has to tell me when i don't smell very good i'm looking for yeah, those yeah. people in my life real, those are the people real. i'm looking for i don't need i don't need anybody that's going to be like you know you know the people that you know you do creative things with and mm. you know they're like oh man i really support what you do we'll talk about this in a second but like with consumers and i'm like oh yeah okay when was the last time you actually even talked to me about my, my music or talked to me about what i'm doing musically because you know mm. i do music you know that we, we we you do music as well so like mm. when has it ever been a scenario where like you actually made that a priority of a conversation about Man, how are you doing mentally with your music? Like, is anything happening with it? Is there any way I could open some doors? Is there any way, like, we can talk about, like, collaborating? I have a lot of people that I do that for because I'm passionate about their stuff because it's just yeah. great music and it's great art and it's great whatever it is. And I feel like I have... Sometimes they get freaked out by it. They're like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, you're obsessed with my stuff too much. What's wrong with you? Like, no, no, I get it. They get like, oh, you don't... Why do you... Why do you and a lot of it is because it's genre specific so they mm-hmm. see me as a hip-hop person so they're like why is a hip-hop person want to actually work with a folk classical harpist i love stuff like that you know i like joanna newsom and weird records like that so when you start like pulling records out like that and they start to understand that it's quite interesting within a sense but some people just absolutely that i'm just like you know, you know that your friends do these things. You know that that's what they do. You know that's their bread and butter. But you mm. could really care less. You just kind of, when they put a record out, you just kind of mm. not say anything or just pretend they don't do that kind of stuff. Those yeah. are the kind of people that you need, that people need to look at and say, okay, I, I, I understand, but like how much of a social responsibility do you have to me as your friend as much as I do? And you have to equate that stuff every so often because you don't have that much time, you know? Yeah, I feel, um, as going back to what Lab said about image, I feel, and it's kind of a sad, like, reality, but I feel like even some of your friends would be more (coughs) inclined to support big artists, you know, such as your Drakes and your Travis Scotts or anything mainstream, rather than your own music. Mm -hmm. And I'll say because of image. Because, like, if if you think about it, if, say, you're on that level... Those same friends would be, I guess, in your ear a lot, or you know, so-called friends be in your ear a lot. Say, oh, oh, look, oh, DMing you. Say, oh, it's cool what you're doing, man. Like, and actually, I feel they would be paying more attention because of the image. If you understand what I mean, it's more about the clout. 
and the image you have rather than, you know, your music. I don't know. What would you, what do you think about, you know, image and. I think that I think, I think one of the most important things that people need to hold their, their actual personal friends accountable. If they're saying that they're interested in their music or interested in their career, like you have Mm -hmm. to understand that like this stuff is not handed to other people overnight. So, I think that the reason why people are more invested in a Travis Scott or a Drake or whatever it is within that sentence is it's because it's easier. Let's just be honest. It's actually easier. It's easy to switch on and off without having to, when you have to support your friend, like you've got to, like, you know, you, you go and show up to a gig, you know, you go and buy a ticket, you know, you, you physically show that love, you know, like you're saying that you do, you know, that you put a kiss on Instagram to instigate that you do, but you really, you know, that doesn't put any zeros on your bank account. You know, like, you, you know, you're trying to say, like, people are out here like, oh, yeah, you know, I really support the movement. I really support art and all, the, all these kind of things. But you see their top plays of what they listen to. None of it is from where they're from. Like, none of it they even can even garner or even have the next connection to the next artist. And that's the biggest issue is the fact that that valuation, that validity of, being in the public eye at the highest level, regardless of whether you know the artist or not, the personal relationship that you have goes out the window because unfortunately, yes, you're right. People do worship image and identity because that represents something to them in terms of either from an aspiration perspective or just from a perspective of the fact that nowadays people don't have their own identity anymore. So the reason why they worship artists that are higher than them is because it's almost like the whole, I wish I could be that cool. So this is my way of connecting with that. So their friend might not necessarily be on that platform. So for them, it doesn't excite them as much, but they need to kind of start to understand that actually it's easier to support your friend than it is a Drake. If you think about it, it actually is a lot easier and you're actually going to get more of a benefit from it. Because if I go to my friend's gig and I know their catalog back, back, back and forth, you know, for them, I can actually have more intuitive conversations with them. I've talked to artists that I don't even really mess with, but I've actually listened to their music and really actually broken it down based on whatever it was. And we've been able to have really deep conversations about their mental health and where they were at the time. And, and now we've become get better friends. But that's I'm not even their best friend. But I know their best friend doesn't even know what key their song is in. Or even, not that I even matters, sorry, that's more of a technical yeah, thing. Yeah. They didn't even know, like, if they even released something last week and they live in the same house. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's things like that where it's just like, mm-hmm. I look at consumers and I look at the way. Another thing as well, consumers are pretty much like, we're in an age now where nobody knows what they want. That's just the truth. Nobody knows what they want. Brands determine what they want. Influencers decide what they want. I don't want to, I don't, half the influencers never even looked at a keyboard. They don't even know the difference between the white and black keys and what they do. No disrespect to any influencers, but I'm sorry, like, what does your decision about being able to have a good taste of music have to do with the fact that you wore some Louis Vuittons last week? What, can someone please explain that to me? Because I need to understand that. And that's the biggest issue, is the fact that now the music is secondary. It's not, that's why yeah. people, people worship mm. artists. They, that's why they, they worship artists above them because the music is secondary. The art form is secondary. The clout yeah. is prominent because that's what people really want is the clout. They want the recognition. So guess what? They're going to go and worship the artist that has more of that or whatever 
that person is trending. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to find is that, you know, industry people are really smart. They understand how that works. So, you know, if Kanye West goes and releases a new pair of Yeezys or whatever it is, you know, an affiliated deal with marketing or sponsorship, they understand when that next record is coming out and they align it together and consumers are just so foolish enough to like not even see that happening in front of them but it's not the consumer's fault the reason why is because this day and age having an identity and standing up for what you love and what you believe in is for some people it causes them social anxiety like in the sense of like looking in the mirror and seeing like this is who i am and this is why i enjoy and this is why i love and standing up for myself for them is they just can't deal with that point. So that's the reason why they don't care about things that are close to them. Because once you start factoring that in, you start to get away from the world of delusion and the fact that, you know, this world outside of whatever you're looking for exists and you start coming closer to home. So they don't support a lot of local artists because for the most part, it's the realness. They can see their friends struggling for studio time. They don't like the look of that. You know, they... That, that's the difference. People like to live distance away from what... Um, they like to live in the dream. But when the dream is distance, the further away the distance of the dream is, the less comfortable they become. So that's the reason why your friend is willing to go and spend £100 on a Drake ticket then go and spend £1.50 on your gig. It's not because... That's the truth. It's, it's sad. That's a wee lot, man. But, that, but that's the truth. No, but you, you ask a lot of these people, like, that's how they run their lives. It's not because... It's... It's yeah. mainly because of that that reason, like, and if people just really prioritized understanding what was around them, and they actually had a social responsibility to doing that. So this is actually going into the next couple of topic about music. But if consumers had a social responsibility to the artist that they claim to support, and they were held accountable for it, you would see a different you would see a different measure of how artists actually interact with their fans, because. Mm. You wouldn't find people, you'd actually find people that were genuinely more interested in, 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 in actually what was happening as opposed to like the fact that if I like seven or eight different artists that I don't know, I'm to drill, now I have this persona that, you know, everybody else that knows that I'm into drill puts me in this category of who I am. So consumers identify with that stuff and that's how brands are really smart about what they market to people because they know if I'm going to affiliate with this, then... Mm guess what? The music doesn't really matter anymore. Like all it matters is that I went to the influencer to tell a million people that this is the hottest track right now. And they're going to go and listen to it. <laughs> so that's the mechanics of branding and image is that people now don't know what they want anymore. It's really sad. Like no, you know, I'm going to cut, cut my rant off here, but think about the amount of times that, people and people can do this today they can think about how many decisions they've made and if you write a list of decisions that you've made today in terms of what you listen to or what you needed to do i'm pretty sure if you track it back you'll be able to find some sort of way someone's influenced you to go and do it whether you like it or not like that's just the way the world works now so my advice to artists is like understand that consumers are in that mentality now they don't care about what they listen to they don't care about no disrespect they don't actually care about you like, no disrespect. As much as they say they do, it sounds controversial. A lot of consumers care about what comes with your, your, your art. So how you make them feel, for example, how you convey things. They don't actually care about whether you wrote bar 34 in sequence of, of alliteration. Whatever it is, like or literary devices that you use, 
those things are really important as an artist. But once you, they come out of your realm of what you do, now it's up to the consumer to do whatever it is they want to do. So artists need to respect that and they need to use that to their advantage and understand that that's how branding and imaging works. And the best way to turn it into a positive light is actually start to reward your consumers for boosting your, your whatever you're doing, you know, and really showing them that kind of love and actually understanding what they want. But that's that's sorry, it's a long rant, but, but I but, but it's it's really the truth, like, unfortunately. But that's the answer to your question, the long-winded. <laughs> you said a lot of interesting things there and mm. very real things, very real things. And mm. I feel like they need, this is this is you even giving them that accountability we're speaking about. It's like, once you've heard it, <laughs> now you're accountable. It's like reading a book, you've read the information that you need. Now when the test comes, this is where it becomes wisdom if you apply it. So... Mm. I stand with what you're saying and it was interesting, man. Interesting, especially that not knowing what you want and identity. Know yourself. <laughs> my biggest yeah. worry, like I said, my biggest worry is that people aren't rewarded for knowing themselves. So there's no need to care. Like, if mm. I told you, like, you don't need to have a personality and you, you'd be fine, that's how a lot of people live these days. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying, like, it's an elitist. Because when you start saying stuff like this, people start thinking, oh, this is elitist type conversation but really if you think about the value of having an identity and a personality 30 years ago that's what separated you from having the opportunity because the opportunity wasn't on the same platform as everybody you had to stand out you know things didn't get given to you as an artist there were 30 or 40 different people people were standing outside studios and singing and for days you know looking for an A&R just to be like oh yeah you know I'll, I'll let you come in people got loads of people's dreams got thrown away you know you have to understand what built the system for you before you even got it and that's what people don't appreciate these days is the fact that this stuff's work you know it takes work and it takes consistency but nowadays unfortunately we've breaking it down to an equation that can the equation of success is now becoming more of a prominent thing that you can actually have it into some sort of small formula and you can add all these things together and you'll get results and that's what's diminishing. That's why people can't understand what they want anymore. It's because they, it doesn't come from them, you know? I, yeah. I, know, some, I know some people mm. that they can't even tell me, like, why they like music. Like, that's, that's scary. That scares the crap out of me. I know someone that literally asks, like, why do you like this song? He's like, I just like it. I'm just like, but please, like, what is it? Is it the drums? Is it... What, what, what do you like? Like, it's like just... <laughs> I feel like there's one of those artists that's like staring at a blank canvas and hasn't painted something in 27 weeks and now the canvas is talking to them. That's what it feels like talking to these people because it's just like, what's the makeup of what you're listening to? You listen to this, this stuff every day. Like, you listen to the same record like 27 times. Like, literally, every day. I've been where radio stations are playing the same song four times like in three yeah. hours or two hours mm -hmm. and people are still having the same reaction to this i'm like what are you drinking that i'm not because i need to find out i need to understand it's like some get out you know when they're stuck in the sunken place and get out that's basically <laughs> what i feel these people are with music like i'm just like what sunken place are you in that this is attractive to you at the 30th time of listening to today mm. I, I don't get it yeah it reminds me of what you said about algorithms remember we were having like a discussion mm-hmm mm. I think a long time ago or something, you said that 
algorithms that nowadays people are really governed, especially on social media, really governed by algorithms and just, as you said, branding and everything. And I, I, I find that it's a lot of vicarious living. Mm. So like people like putting themselves in other people and like, you know, just wanting what they have, but not really working towards it or anything. Say that uh, again, bring it back. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of just vicarious living, I feel. You want the thing, but you don't want to work for it. Exactly, yeah. But I like to think of a, of a positive, you know, spin on this. If consumers actually care about the art and they actually care about the world that they're living in, in terms of it being personable again, and not just being this thing that, you know, you just go through, my advice to any consumer is like, you've got so much choice. All you need to do is just find what's closest to you and what you actually feel. Yeah. Because likelihood is the things that you know you know of. You have no business supporting Drake. You have no business. Like literally, there is no factual interest in you supporting Drake's next album. If you break it down as a human being, there is nothing. It does not change your life. Your bank account doesn't change. It actually even gets worse. They're laughing at you as a consumer. They're looking at you just like, literally, we can put a cassette tape with no music on it and put Drake's face on it. You guys are going to buy it. But that is the truth. Like, like if consumers, like, that's... There is someone in some boardroom saying, like, listen, man, we can do whatever it is. We can put one, two, three and put a quack doc on there and make it a Sesame Street rhyme and these people will buy it. There are people that will buy this stuff. And that's the biggest issue. Like, people are saying, like, oh, where is it? Why is it the world is, like, to a sense where people don't care anymore? Mm. It's because it's not important to care anymore. It's not. Mm-hmm. Like, the it stuff, like, the passion of what I'm talking about, mm. you know, mm. I'm in the minority now. Like, people will think, like, what was he on about? You know, it's just music. And you mm. have to realise it's, like, for mm. me, it's not just music. Like, I understand what music has done for my life and has done to people before me, you know? And that's why I take it so seriously when people are like this and so passive and just so like, you know, it just doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like, what difference does it make if I don't go and support artists? But Mm. honestly, as consumers, you guys need to realise labels are laughing at you. They're laughing at you. They're like, Yeah, they're literally (laughs) laughing at you. Like, if anything, if anything, I need someone just to think. Like, if you think about all the top 40 people that people support, what does it bring to your life? What joy does it bring to your life? I'm serious. Like, if someone can literally break down to me why Drake brings joy to their life, in terms of from a personal standpoint, in comparison to their friend that's struggling and could write a record, and you can watch the whole process of them writing a record in front of you, and you can learn more about that, please break it down to me. Because if you can, I'm good. Like, you can go keep it. Like, you can do do whatever it is. But the truth is, (sighs) at the end of the day, it's like, people just don't value that anymore they don't value the fact that like you're just an entity you're just a statistic in terms of a listener in terms of where that sits and if you don't start if if consumers don't start empowering themselves then there's nobody else that's going to be able to save artists from this whole craziness the only thing is tech that's the only thing that's going to be able to save them so consumers have a massive responsibility as much as they want to talk about how artists have a responsibility to them you have a responsibility yeah. to make sure that, you know, the stuff that you're listening to is really what you wanted to be listening to. And it's as diverse as possible. And you should actually care, like, from a ground level of what people do. Because there's going to get to a point where, like, 
music is not going to have any value anymore and it's going to be the consumer's fault. It really is. It's not going to be the artist. You're always going to have artists that are always going to release great things. But if we're in a scenario where people are just in it for the wrong reasons and music is just this facilitator for buying a pair of Yeezys, then, you know, that's going to be the problem. That's where you're going to have issues where it just it's just... It now just becomes like no disrespect to lounge music. I still love the lounge jazz section of of any records that I go to. Um, that's what you're gonna sound like. Everything's gonna sound like elevated music. It's true, mm. man. It's true. Just to move it along, then, what yeah. do you think then about you know? I guess it's it's even flowing. Just um, you know, the whole grime for Corbin thing where everyone was suddenly, yep, yeah, guys, BLM, Black Lives Matter, Black Squares. That black squares thing that was actually started by a group of black women in the music industry once again something being hijacked from black women and it flipped and became this sort of industry plant move of let's all mm. everyone who's creative put your black square up in solidarity we're black every single day of our lives i've been black for 25 years of my life yeah a black square <laughs> Does me no good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. From scumfork is looking at me left. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no, Danny, I got, I've got a lot to say about this. So, Danny, I'd like you, you to go. Like, if you want to, go, right. just take take the floor. Of this one. Let me, let me just. I took, touch I took a lot. To, I took my my consumer consumers. <laughs> I hope you guys listen to me. Please, I'm begging you, stop being Please made look foolish. Me. Don't sell yourself a t-shirt, man. It's not worth it. Drake, Drake's t. Don't be buying Drake t-shirts, man. Go buy your friend's t-shirt. It's cheaper. You're gonna make them feel good. They're gonna make have actual Starbucks instead of Tesco instant coffee next week. So just please go put some money in your friend's pocket. But Daddy, please, please, please go. Yeah. I again. <laughs> uh, so um, okay. Uh, was it well, Grand for Corbin? Okay. Um, yeah. that whole thing just represents a whole mishmash of what I call was have like been said of performative activism. Mm. So that's what, when I see stuff like that, that's what I really, that's what I see, you know, when people kind of um, on social media, especially with those black squares with the BLM, mm. you know, and, until that point, you weren't really, come on, you weren't thinking about it. Let's be honest. You weren't, you weren't, it, it didn't cross your mind until you saw everyone else putting the black square on. You're like, oh, now, okay, now I have to do that too. <laughs> and I have to show, okay, I support the cause as well, but you just put your black square on and you don't, I don't know, you don't go any deeper and stuff. And, you know, that's, as Dennis says, um, you know, and like, it just shows that people, you know, really don't care until they, you know, they're told to, they have to care. You get what I'm trying to say? Until, um, until like social media says, okay, you have to care about this topic now because it's, you know, it's trending and stuff. It just, it shows how, like people are, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it shows just this how um, image to me just shows image and like it's, it's just very surface level. It's not really any anything deep. I know it's a bit negative. It's like not what I'm negative. trying to say, it's the, but it's the, it's the reality of the truth. That's what it is. But that's yeah. That's why I really. That's why I see when I see that type of stuff. Like that's why I, I refuse to put anything until I have to. But. I refuse to really do any of that stuff. I'd rather just educate myself, like go reading books, talk to people, understand their experiences and stuff. As we know, we were talking earlier about connecting and like actually speaking to people rather than just, yeah. you know. 
I have, I have an interesting That's question. What, I feel, what was Jeremy Corbyn's playlist before he met Stormzy the day before? <laughs> oh, wow. like, oh, that's wow. my question. Because if you're that invested in having these artists affiliate with, you know, your political outset, you know, whatever it is, there's just so many different ways to use this. And I think for, for how much influence they have... Um, it's really, really interesting that when it comes to politics time, that's when they show up. But then I look at yeah. the feed after the election a month later when your candidate that put you some money under the table lost. I don't see nothing you talking about their policies anymore. Their policies are only relevant when it's election time. And, and this is the issue with consumers. I go back to you guys because you guys are the problem. You the support power. these people. You support them. You You fall for this all the time so like when someone's like when a when a politician goes and works with a grime artist that only happens at election time like let me be honest like it probably not happen in any and i'm not talking about it might happen in other capacity like in terms of like outreach programs and you know ways in which the government might actually help or work with people that are prominent or influencers in certain areas but the only time that it actually gets uh, the publicity that it gets is when you need votes from where that area is so why isn't the people just kind of just see that? Because this happens every year. There's an artist that comes out and says, I have this prominent political opinion about this. But it's just like, how much did they pay you? That's how what's going on in my, in my head. And don't they, artists have this social responsibility to, to, to who they deliver this message to because this could ultimately decide someone's political opinion about somebody else's policy based on an image. So someone could have gone and voted for something they didn't even know or care about because Stormzy told them to do it. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest issue. It's like the fact that okay. I want to see your feed two months later when your candidate is lost. I want to see your candidate's playlist two months after he's lost. Let's see how much Stormzy you're rocking two months after you lost. Come back and talk to me then because that's what it is. It's all just obviously like it's, everybody should know this. It's a campaign and you know... Yeah these things are what they are to build clout but i just want to i just want people just to at least come out and be real and just say listen you know what i did it for the bag you know if you did it you know i understand <laughs> at least you said it you know don't don't be coming out here telling me about like my favorite dave Chappelle joke was like he was like when when terrorists have attacked america cnn went on the phone to ja rule and Jaro was in the phone yeah. talking yeah. about inspiring people and stuff. He's like, there's a time of, of sadness and, and despair. I don't want to hear what Jaro has an opinion to say of anything. <laughs> I don't want to hear Jaro's opinion. If it was up to me, right, you would have an entry-level exam to certain access of music, like, every year. Like, we should just defund you from being able to listen to... Se- no, for real, like, of sound. Yeah. Like, I would monetize sound like that. I'd be like... You have to have some certificate to have this stuff because you guys are taking this stuff for granted. Like, imagine the world without sound. Imagine the world without variants of sound. Like, you guys take this stuff too for granted, man. Like, there's people out here putting in work. They're trying to record the same bar like 60 times for someone just to, like, literally put some shoe ad on it. Like, come on now. Like, this is ridiculous. If it was up to me, I would license people's ears. I'd be like, listen, you only get this this amount of sound <laughs> i swear that, like this is how it's got to we've got to this point where i i, I have to take liberties because these people like seriously i can't i can't you have access to millions of files of music and you decide mm. to listen to three things i'm like 
Yeah, it's a shame. Like, let's take your license away. Like for real. Like I, 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 I'm being honest. Like I would, I would, if it was up to me, I would be like, listen, you either gonna listen to something different every day, or try and find something else, or we're taking your license away to sound. Like because that's where it's got to. It's got that saturated. Like the people yeah. are just like, you know, you can like what you like. I'm not saying that you know everybody has to like a certain genre, but just the whole idea of like actually caring about whether music is part of your identity or whether it actually makes an impact on who you are as a person. It's just got no value anymore, you know? It's just a, a playlist with a bunch of files on there. And that's what's worrying, you know? That's what's worrying. But the whole grind for all that stuff, like, it literally, anytime I see a political campaign with an artist, I just switch off straight away. Because I'm like, I know half of you don't know what mm. you're talking about. You know, there's some artists to do, like Akala does. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, Killer, yeah. Killer Mike. Um, you know all these guys are well-studied people and they really kind of actually understand legislation and actually you read up on bills and then just go around talking about them and and taking money for it it's not to say that it can't happen it's just let's be honest like people really look for the easiest shortcut as much as you are to cancel someone for saying something that they implied as a joke or you didn't understand or they, you cancel them for your mind. Make sure that the actual factual things they're supposed to be doing, you actually cancel them that for, for not doing that thing. Be as aggressive with the boring things as much as the things that that are significantly exciting. Because as a consumer, that's the, that's your duty and your responsibility to do that. But because consumers have all the power now, like let's just be really honest. Um, but yeah, 100%. but that, it's a lot easier to. Uh, I'll let you... No, 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 no. I'm done. (laughs) I think just to add to that, it's a lot easier because I remember, um, yeah, obviously that time of George Floyd last year and it's like, yeah, everyone's trying to, who can be the most woke and outspoken and this and that. And it was just like, it's a lot easier to go to the protests, take a bottle of Hennessy and play Kendrick Lamar all right. But you don't want to go right to your MP. You don't want to write to your local council. You don't want to be in those rooms, having those boring conversations, probably being people of colour, only black person, only Asian person in the room with these people and not being intimidated. And you're not doing all those long-winded things that, you know, actually bring the change rather than the Instagram thing of, yeah, here's me at the protest. No, (laughs) no. So I, I see, I hear that to the fullest. And it is an age now of... Yeah, it's like people would rather try and look smart than actually know what they're talking about and possibly <laughs> offend because it's the truth. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't want to go there. We're rather okay. Let's just let's just keep it all. <laughs> Everyone, I look, as long as I look good, and that's not that's not sustainable. That's not going to last. Even us as human beings, we're not going to look the same in twenty years. It's not sustainable. Why are you trying to keep up something? You're going. You're trying to go against the law of life. Like mm. change is inevitable. It happens, mm. and it's about as you're saying, being accountable, doing the actual work. That is what brings the change that we want to see and raises the level of yes, the social responsibility. We all have it. Every single person on earth has it. Obviously, when, when you've reached the age of accountability, I'm not talking about babies. You got but babies. <laughs> You you gonna learn. <laughs> Listen, some but, babies you know, can I mean, make better beats than me right now. I'm telling you that for sure. Like, <laughs> I'm worried about my. I'm I'm worried about that. That that that's a that's a new wave. I saw Elon Musk's kid was playing on an OP one recently. I was just like, 
Well, that's it for me. Oh, my um, days. Like, literally, wow. kid could do everything. Literally play on all the keys and everything. It was just like, in pit. I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's it. I mean, your dad's a genius, so it's expected. But, I mean, you're like nine months old and you're on an OP1. You're <laughs> twisting the knobs and you know, like, what pitch modulators are. And I'm just like, this is, this is the future. This is, this is what I've got to compete with. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a digressing away. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but that, but that's actually a really pertinent point. I, I guess we got one more thing I wanted to talk about was around social responsibility in terms of like a music related area is labels, social responsibility to artists. So does anybody have any like opinions on that? Do you, should labels have social responsibility to artists and consumers? So, for example, like if I give a good example, like I feel, and I said this thing about taking the license of people's ears away. I think that I know it sounds like a mad idea, but I think this is more of a practical idea. Should labels have limitations on how many releases of certain genres of music or certain iterations of what they've re they've released every? so often to stop market saturation because what you're happening at the moment is you're seeing that because it's such a single driven environment for the market of music the reason why a lot of artists are struggling to even just break it through and need an algorithm or whatever it is or some sort of luck or break is because of how much saturation labels have in terms of for example a really practical thing for me is radio should be held accountable for what records they're playing in terms of variety and diversity. I think that that should be something that you can actually empower as something like if we're paying you PRS, you know, and you, you know, fees and, you know, we're getting things where, you know, we're supposed to be getting royalties or whatever it is, there's a system in place to ensure that the label or the, or the radio um, station gets a certain amount of, whatever it is for how many records they play or how much they generate in terms of interest or listens. Well, there should be an onus on what they're actually playing being reflective mm. of what's actually out there in terms of music, mm. as opposed to striking up deals with labels saying, I'll play a record four times a day because that's what apparently people want to listen to. I feel that's maybe one of the things that maybe people don't consider is that you can actually have legislation where a radio station has to play a diverse set of music and they have to do it by the variation of someone's followers. So we could have a show where like literally I only play music where someone has less than 500 followers. That's the rule. Like, and it's just called unsigned hype and it's just that. And you, as a radio station, your obligation is, and you know, I know that there are different things like BBC One introducing all that kind of stuff, but you know, there's no emphasis on actual mainstream media being regulated to a point where they actually are held accountable for actually releasing things that aren't that are varied. Like the amount of times I hear Migos song that <clears throat> was played on a radio once, it was like fifteen times. I'm just like, I'm sorry, like there's just no need for this. <laughs> like if I gave it yeah. no disrespect. Yeah. But I don't know, what do you guys think? Uh, oh well yeah, I mean I would I would definitely agree with um varying it like Getting companies that people that companies that and entities that push music, I would definitely yeah, like legislation, anything that will vary the type of music that's being pushed. I say nowadays for like my age group, mm. we don't 
really well i don't really listen to radio that much like i feel it's more youtube based and like maybe streaming spotify um even tiktok because i was speaking to my flatmate and she i was asking her like where do you get your music where do you listen to your music like where do you find your new music and everything like that and she was saying like tiktok and social media and stuff so i those like like targeting those type of entities like so our youtube's drm I went on GRM daily and all I saw was drill. I think I put in the um, the group chat that the sound nowadays is just oversaturated with drill music, like Afrobeats. Remember that Afrobeats wave, like 2017, 2016? That's gone. It's now all drill. Like, you don't hear anything else. Wait for J-Hoss. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait for J-Hoss. We'll I, wait for I, J-Hoss actually, but... I actually think it's easier when you make it digital because mm, okay. now you actually have statistics. So now I can actually really be like, okay, playlisting. You can come up with something mm. called ethical playlisting. You know, where mm. like the whole idea is we are playlisting based on the fact of music discovery as opposed to the playlisting from the part of what we think is actually... It's much easier. Like with radio, I'd obviously say like, you know, you it's more complicated because obviously you have the advertising um, issue. You know, you have a lot of marketing and a lot of brands that are affiliated with companies and labels and they're all working together. So on radio, it's going to be harder to push. But with digital content, if people are finding music through playlisting and they're finding music more through recommendations online and influence where that search function is, this is actual stats. This is actual data. This is actual analytics. You, If Spotify were held accountable for doing that in terms of not just being like, oh, we're going to do playlisting from a perspective of what labels... Because playlisting as well is a very important thing. The people that actually run playlisting and all these big companies, these big digital companies, they often have connections to the industry and they have people that will go and either go and scout for, for certain people that need to be on certain playlists or need to be found in a certain way. And more often than not, money is involved in exchange. And that's how PR companies make a lot of big money. So if we're playing on a fair playing field, digital is even much easier because we can influence that. We know how many Instagram followers you have. We know how many Twitter followers you have. We know the variety of what's been played in certain regions. We can geolocate that. We can make those things accessible. So if anything, it's less of an excuse because actually you have more variety to be like, okay, we need more diversity in terms of what's being played in terms of who's been discovered in comparison to like this is all you're going to have access to from these playlisting options so i think young people if you guys are really interested in like the the i guess the progression of music in terms of you actually having more than one genre to listen to in 10 years you would go and do things like that where you would it's so much easier to support a playlist in a radio station it really is um and no one really has really thought about that like there's a way to really people have the power to do it it's just more if they care enough like what i've just mentioned to you you can pretty much set up a platform to do and you know within a month or so if, if enough people support it and care about it you know it can grow into something else um but that's what i that's what i think in terms of like creating more diversity i think that there should be i really believe you should not be able to play the same song every every hour like that should be illegal 
I genuinely believe that. I feel there's so much, so much music out there that a top 40 chart should not even exist. It shouldn't. Mm. Music should not mm. be even put into that consideration because who's making that decision? Like, we mm. don't have an actual objective idea as to why something is top 40 or not. Yeah. You know, mm. we don't even know if the listens are manufactured mm. or not. And mm. the thing is, obviously, consumers doesn't affect their day to day. That's why I keep saying this idea sounds mad. But if I literally was to license your ears and say you could only this is the you literally have this amount of window of music to listen to. Mm. You'd be a lot more. Selective. You'd be a lot more selective. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, actually, I'm going to have a bit. It's like it's, I compare it to the same thing. It's like going to eat the same restaurant every day and eating cheese like that's what these guys are doing you're just eating cheese every day and you're fine with it and like it's because you have no consequence of no all of a sudden becoming lactose intolerant eating cheese for 10 years you know you don't have that that that, as a consumer for music there's no responsibility for that so you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff but that's the reason why like it's it's because the consequence for caring back you know like when people would when our parents grew up you know people are generally interested in what their real interests were. So, you know, having a really good taste in music really separated you from a lot of different people. And mm. it really gave a bit of an overview of what your personality was like. And not necessarily if you just liked different types of music, but if you really like invested in like culture and art and understanding a lot of different things, people really connected and they actually wanted to have conversations about that kind of stuff. But now that nobody needs to talk to anybody anymore and people can generally function on their phone, you lose that lack of that, that care that you, you need to have to be able to even function. So mm-hmm. it's one of those. Laz, I don't know if you wanted to say something to wrap that up. It seems like you were packing up to say. Um, yeah, just to, I, I like that food analogy, actually, because it's like, yeah, you're tasting the same thing and your palate doesn't expand maybe some people like obviously you and i we just we, we all like music here so naturally we'll just tend to go deeper into something we already have an interest in but for your for your daily joe who's just going down to work and listening to kiss fm she, he or she is not thinking about any of these things it's oh yeah i love this song i sing it along i sing along in my car and they're not going to go to a festival <laughs> they're yeah. not going to you know what I mean? it's just a thing they do in the background as they're coming and going so i think yeah it's it's interesting how certain songs are just placed on rotation and why it is certain songs and then a deeper conversation of why you're only pushing certain songs like that why only certain artists that look like this will speak about this that are constantly being pushed and force fed and then as you said because people already don't know what they want but it's like you're starving you'll just take anything yeah but mm. when you're not starving and like, you're like mm, no i like i know what i like <laughs> On this menu, I'll go for this instead of I'm starving. Just give me anything. <laughs> exactly. But some people don't know they're starving. <laughs> and that's, that's the that, that's the problem. And mm. sorry, just yeah. to, just to quickly jump in, I just think mm. people consumers don't really appreciate how much power they actually have. Yeah. You know, you guys have more. You have more capacity to change how music is received and how art is actually distributed than anybody else. Because if if consumers don't exist and labels don't exist because there's nothing to distribute to or nobody to distribute or sell to so mm. it's almost like as if you have all this power and you just don't care about it um but i i think i don't think know. i think the next trend I, and I, I think the next trend is definitely looking at 
how that system works and you know and is there a way to make it work better i think that's the most important thing it's like we can complain all we want as much and say people are you know listening to things generically and not really have any appreciation and typically when people hear this type of conversation they think you're a snob but Mm -hmm. you know i think it has definitely a massive not like a knock-on effect to the fact that like if someone has a varied music taste they're now seen as interesting I'm just like, that was a standard, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they're now seen yeah. as this interesting person. There's now a DJ. And, you know, I get people that, like, they know 14 records and they're DJs now. And because they know 14 different records. But, 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 anyways, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, old man Dennis is going to, going to put asleep a little bit. Speaking of fast food, I think it's time to segue into our favorite segment. Mm-hmm. Our favorite segment of the podcast, which is fast food labs. So fast food labs, we had this um last week. I'm um, not last week, but last episode. Um, who did we have last episode? We had CJ Whoopty. Whoopty, Mr. CJ, you still need to hit us up for some, for some advice, man. We got boot camp for you. You know, whatever you need, baby, we're gonna we, we can work it out. We can do you a free little one month boot camp how to write music properly that 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 we can do that <laughs> basically this is the music snob uh, portion of the podcast we break down some lyrics you know we're gonna change this sometime you know we're gonna maybe break down some actually good lyrics maybe one day but we're having too much fun right now so we basically take a a, a mainstream song and we we break it down poetically and we kind of give you guys all the way down we give you consumers an idea (laughs) of what you're consuming every day so at least you kind of have some perspective so who do we have today who is the call who we call it up to the stand today who who we got for ourselves so today we've got creeper (laughs) i spelt with a k Ah. (laughs) c-r-e-e-p-a and it's called oh boy and i found this delicious song okay. on tiktok once again okay. oh, TikTok. I mean, t- TikTok. the main offender main offender <laughs> speaking of tiktok though do you know what there are some djs who really make the best of that if okay. they have really interesting blends yeah and it gets used as a trend in sound mm. that's very smart <laughs> so djs that was a nugget for you that was a seed of wisdom for you fair fair i mean tiktok is one of those i think it seems like it's going to stand the test of time for a little bit longer. Because yeah. at first I was mm. mad. I was kind of like, mm, I don't really know. But mm, interesting. But let's get into Mr. Creeper, Creeper, Creeper. Let's see. Let's see what he got for us today. Let's see. Let's see. what. what let's see. Let's see. This, 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 this whole Danny's adjusting his headset. It's not going to be, it's not going to be man, worth it, mate. I just tell you. Turn is. me up. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Whatever happened to the boy that I once knew? All right, that's kind of poetic. I mean, you know, you know, you know what? He's looking in the mirror. It's kind of like the whole like man in the mirror type thing. You know that song where he doesn't know who he is anymore type thing. I like that's an open. That's kind of deep. That okay. All right, listen, Mister <laughs> Creeper. I'm telling you. Okay, all right. You're not. You're not doing so bad. Okay. Okay. So what was we got next? You know? That's wow, not bad. It's okay. not bad. <clears throat> so the boy that I once knew. The boy who said he'd be true. Are you messing with me? Oh no. You okay. smoke? Oh no. Okay. We've, Please. We've jumped through. Oh no, no, no. 
All right, this sounds like my wife and kids, the when Michael Carl's Judas trying to do poetry. And he sits in. Spoken poetry. It's like some spoken word thing that went wrong. I think he decided his candle like ran out of light in the middle of it. He just ran real words just to put, put it all together. <laughs> this sounds like, sound like when you're doing your homework and you fall asleep, wake up the next day, and you put some words in between. <laughs> and, just, and your teacher's reading is like this started off really well then we went somewhere else <laughs> I was like oh I'm inspired and I was like okay where are we now again wait what what, what realm did we enter <laughs> I feel like rappers do this all the time like bruh I ain't got no more words but I just just <laughs> just uh, just let's add a little bit let's just put a bit of no no in there and a bit of no and then how many <laughs> words is that? Okay, let's put another Dude, no the in there. Count. And then and then let's go. <laughs> the word <laughs> All right, so let's so let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. I this that that threw me off. <laughs> Tell me, are you on? Mm. You smoke strong? Okay. Your money long? Okay. Do you got vax? Oh no. You got tax? Oh no. Your city on the map? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you killing? Oh no. You robbing? Oh no. You be balling? Oh no, no, no. This is like being under in court and denying all this stuff. This did this man have a traumatic experience in court there he had to deny a bunch of stuff? Because this is, it's, this really does sound like some some court case. Hey, did you do that? Ah, oh, nah, 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 nah. Come on, no, no, no. Oh no, I did not do. Oh nah, nah, nah. Come on, me. You talk about me? Nah. This guy, this guy would be really good. I, to be honest, with you, I'd find it. I, I don't want to be a jury. And this guy, I wouldn't know what to believe. This guy would bamboozle me. He'd just deny everything. I could, I could not. I could not tell this. I don't know what this guy is, man. He's. I don't know if he's like really being really sm first he starts up poetic then he throws me off now he's in denial i don't know where we're going but but he, he's got he's got something i guess he had a lot of questions and a lot of answers interesting <laughs> interesting but it's not hard to see how it was trended on tiktok because basically mm. the trend on there is the oh no bit i actually so, i actually oh, listened to this song okay. i listened to this song yesterday and the beat itself is actually what holds the 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 thing because there's a sample in there, isn't there? That yeah. There's so that's a, the, oh no. It's, it's a high pitch. Yeah, yeah. There's a thing. there's a soul sample on there. See, this is what I'm trying to say. Well, this is going to this is going to lead on naturally to our naturally. debate. Our, our debate <laughs> into producers versus artists. <laughs> oh, that that's going to lead us on to the next section, which is the debate section. The debate section. Woo, woo, woo. We're going to have a ding, 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 ding. I need to find some soundboard. Is that it? Next time, we're going to have to have to have that. The debate section, baby, is, this is the one. So, we have, bring it to the, bring it to the, bring it to the stand. In the case of the producers versus the artists, 2021, baby. 2021. <laughs> bring it, bring mm -hmm. it. Bring in the defense, the defense, the defense. Can we have the defense? Please come, come, come to the stage of the artists. The artists that, you know, let, let's be very specific. Artists that don't pay for beats. <laughs> You guilty Step ones, you know, you guys that don't, that don't produce, that don't value my snares and how I cue them, you know, you you guys that don't realise the, the struggle and the 
and the, struggle. the whole, I would... whole having to tune an 808 and listen to it in the same frequency to your eardrum. All this whining, guys, Ghost... do you hear it? Exactly. Ghost... exactly. <laughs> All this whining, like, wow. Like, the bouts of tinnitus, you tinnitus, whatever. You see the time, sacrifice you go through. Every time I have to tune your vocal <laughs> just to make sure that, you know, you actually sound like you're on key, you know, Melodyne, you know, that, that that thing, that magical tune that I do, that thing that I do that makes you actually sound like in the club, like you're singing, that that thing, you know, that thing that I had to sit down and tweak and actually listen to your vocals that don't work really, but I have to find some way to magically do it. Um, yeah, so we're debating producers versus artists. In terms of artists, we're just talking about, obviously, um, songwriters, rappers. It's the value of production in terms of obviously we've seen producers get more clout these days and get more recognition. How much does the producers value actually in terms of what they contribute to the overall project in comparison to what the artist actually values? Is it, is it consistent? So Labs, you're on the, 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 the side of the artist, I guess me and Danny were chipping in on as producers. So I guess Labs, you want to kick us off? In terms of what what your what your argument in terms of where the producers, you know, where his seat is, you know, like where where does where does that fit? I would definitely say you're obviously needed because this is what makes a song a song, right? But let's let's take it back okay. to the whole topic of today's discussion. Yeah, social responsibility. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So, took it back. This is right. an interesting, uh, interesting. This is, this is an angle. This, this, <laughs> I don't, you must have really studied for this. This is this. I wasn't expecting. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. It's all right. We gonna be all right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we gonna be all right. Nah, it, it depends, right? It depends. What's going on here is the quality of the beat. The context of which I found it. Who are you? What is your relationship to me? How how is this gonna go further? Bear in mind, there's different types of artists, right? Maybe I'm an artist that I've seen a beat on YouTube. I'm digging it. Then I I look at I look and see. Okay, is it a sound click situation? Do I go on sound? Click? How do I how do I get to make this mine? <laughs> Wow! See there, yeah. that's the that's the first. That is the first. That's the first offense. <laughs> like, Daddy, you better note that one down. How do I how do I, I go to about to make this oh, mine? Teach <laughs> you. All right. Well, we'll let you. We'll, we'll let you finish. We're not going to carry your question. We'll let you finish. <laughs> but I just want to know so that. I've got in contact. <laughs> It depends, right? It depends. Have you made the beat? And now... No. Let's take that back, because I don't know where I was going with that. Okay, so I, found your beat on, I found your beat on YouTube now. I'm gonna, I am gonna. want to use it for the song. Um, would you be as triggered if I was a nobody, I just used the beat, you'll never fight, you'll never know who I am. Say you're not that savvy, you just flung, you just flung it on YouTube. And now, maybe one day your bedroom says, oh, didn't you make that? And you're like, oh, yeah, I did. And then that's a that's a passer. Actually, it wouldn't be a passer because I'm nobody. I have like 10 views. But if I now, I'm now, my responsibility, obviously, if I know uh, maybe there's potential, this, this is a fire, fire beat. There's a bit of potential here. You're I obviously fine. get in contact with you. Mm -hmm. And now we have a negotiation, we have an agreement. 
and it happens. Which would you be more triggered by? The fact would you even be insulted that someone has come up to you? That you look at their page now, they've got like whatever amount of views following, and they're trying to use your beat. Would you slightly lease the exclusiveness of it because of who the artist is? Or if you saw they had more of a following, you'll be a bit more lenient. Put, would I would I say with how you go about uh, your work? Talk me through that. That Danny, you want to take this one first because I've got some special sports okay. but you you want you want to take this one first. I mean, okay, I'll be more forgiving if, say, they blew up, say, because this is like a pop smoke situation. And I don't know if anyone knows. Um, this happened to a producer called um, um, Axel, and he made a beat, and uh, um, Pop Smoke took it and blew off his beat, and um, basically got famous of it. But because of that, they made a working relationship afterwards. You know, mm. without him getting paid and stuff. So if that was a situation like that, then I'll be more forgiving, and like I'll be okay because it. You know, let's be honest, it does make perfect business sense to say okay you know this guy's popping i can make a lot of money here get my name out there you know it does make business sense but if you want to pay me then obviously it's a problem but if i got something out of it then yeah i mean i'm i'm down for it i would i would forgive the 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 obviously the insult the whether stealing i would forgive that but it's depending on how they, if they'll ask get money or not. That's my take on it. But I don't know. Oh, Dennis seems like he's ready to go. My thing is you've gone in my fridge, eating my food, digested it, yeah? <laughs> and then after you're asking for permission afterwards to eat my food. That's how I break that down, okay? <laughs> let's, let's not be reasonable about way, this. You, that's what's happened. Need- no, 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 no. You've gone in my fridge. We need, we need the oranges food. to be oranges. No, 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 no. <laughs> the truth is, my food has been eaten. It's, I had, it, had a, it had my tag on it. It had my label on it. Mm. You ate my food. You had the finest loveliness in your stomach of all how nice it felt. And then all of a sudden, you have the audacity. After my food don't exist no more... Or you know, you want to ask me after the fact if it was okay to eat my food. That's how I that that's my analogy of how I see it. Listen, rappers don't want to pay for no beats. Like even in the even in the scenario that they want to pay for beats, they want to pay for yeah. beats when it actually is of value mm. to them. That's the yeah. insult for me. It's like okay, well, all right. And the same thing like when a when a rap when an artist works or a, a rapper works with um, a producer, and in a sense, it's like I've seen scenarios where. An artist, like a rapper, wants co-production credit for. Okay. for nah, I'm like, what? Did Where you, did that? What? Are you kidding me? Like, uh. are you serious? You stole my beat, and you want co co-production credit? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what, what planet are you as a world, dog? You know, like, uh, you know, the inspiration. You know, it just hit different. I'm like, yeah, because I tuned my snares correctly. That's why this. That's why the inspiration hit correctly. Because I actually sat down and thought of a baseline that makes you actually sound melodic, yeah. Like all you, all you, all you rappers don't appreciate production, and all you consumers don't appreciate production. Wow. Oh, go, that's, go, oh, that's go, so go and listen. Go and listen to Future oh. Acapella. I'll give you a Future Acapella now. 
I swear that go well, listen to it. Get Biggie Acapella as well and see how your head will be bobbing away because his voice on the drop. But that was yeah, dead. That was dead. Man. We'll talk about that. Was dead. This is now. The standards that was dead. This is now. You flow. put you put Lulu Uzivert on a mic, yeah, with all his. Yeah, we're his... not talking about them man before. Wait, 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 wait. We can't. We no, 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 no. What's up? No, 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 no. Back then, people were actually paying for beats. Fifteen hundred or nothing. They were paying, actually paying for beats. They, they were paying fifteen hundred dollars for leasing fee or not. This is we're not comparing apples and apples. This is. But you know what? I've got a cheeky production question, so yeah. I'm gonna let you finish, and I'm gonna come for you. Okay, that's it's fine. A, so open question. Here. Yeah, I was just gonna say just to wrap that up. I'm like rappers. Listen, think about every single time. Yeah, that and consumers as well. Yeah, think about every single time if. Like, for example, the song Paris between Jay-Z and, and Kanye West. Every time that 808 hits, tell me how you feel. If Hitboy did not pitch That's that thing, correct? If That's that, all us. If, 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 That's if, all us. If, take that 808 out. Take that 808 <laughs> out and see. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's hear you here without that 808 in pitch. I want to hear you. St- I, 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 wanna, I want you to enjoy that song without that. Or when, tra- when a Travis Scott tune hits. Like... Mm-hmm. You know when when sicko mode when the beat changes, you know mm-hmm. those are moments. Let's put Drake on his own for that beat thing. Shit. Let's change beat to shit. acapella. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just change to Travis Scott <laughs> just being acapella when that beat hits. Let's see what happens. Don't worry, he's got his he's got his four D audio that you man wanna be calling. Well, his four D audio with a bunch of ad libs. That that's what we're gonna listen yeah. to with Travis Scott for another two two and a half minutes after yeah, the beat goes. Z would dig that. <laughs> I mean, I've talked, I've heard of minimalism, but that's a new, that's a new, whatever genre that is, where like they just stop the beat and then the rest of it is acapella. I just want to see how many people will show up to a club to acapella Travis Scott night. I I just want to find how many people are going to do that. If you guys have found a new niche or new genre, please go do it because let's just see what happens, and then then you will see kind of why like 808s need to be the way they are. And why the hell mm. that like you go to some sixty-year-old mastering engineer to, to to teach you how to actually master something correctly? Because there's only so many people that can do it well nowadays without a plugin. Like, there's a reason why Mike Dean is like 45, 47 years old, and he's literally mastered Travis Scott's whole album, and it hits different because he did all the Kanye West stuff, Jesus, all that stuff because he knows what he's doing with equipment. You know, all you guys with your mastering ozone. I talk about all of you, I talk about literally the people that don't, the uh, artists that don't like appreciate mastering engineers, mastering engineers have the worst job mm. in the world, okay, they're being told to, to, to fix things in the mastering process when people were supposed to mix it correctly, okay, artists appreciate that pay for mastering pay for good mastering mm. don't put it through what is, what is it whatever that auto mastering ai platform thing is that you put your tracks what? through oh yeah there's this thing you could just put your track go floss and, ma- and it masters yeah. it for you you know I see. there's mastering engineers starving right now they got children you know let god pay them <laughs> 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 Wow. Sorry, what was your question? Sorry, old man Dennis so is, is was, out in full, 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 full turns he, he said full smoke. He said anyone can get it. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, 
obviously now with artists, right? Say, okay, we've had our social our social responsibility conversation. Everyone's good with the negotiations. Everything's well yet. Mm. Do you feel as a producer, because you don't have that performance element that an artist does, do you think there's a bit, how do you kind of fill that void, I guess, of not really experiencing the song in that way? Do you see what I mean? So obviously we've created the studio where Vibes in, yeah. they have that mutual <clears throat> synergy. I will feel that every time I perform it like in a new way, depending on what stage, wherever I am, yeah. that environment, I'm getting that, yeah, I'm on stage and I'm feeling everything and I can hear it, it's loud, whatever. On the producer side, because you're obviously not a performer like that, unless you're a DJ and you kind of get that, do you see what I mean? How do you, how do you feel that void of not experiencing the song in that way? What is your... I mean, um, Dan, Dan, you, I've, I've got answer for it, but Dan, you feel want to go first? I mean... I feel I feel there wouldn't be well for me I feel there wouldn't be a void to begin with per se like a producer I would have a thing as me as a producer that I have like the understanding okay yeah you know we were in the studio doing it and like I know what I did with this beat and everything and I'd be like oh like no one we even like knowing what I did to the beat but I would be knowing what I did to the beat and everything and I'd be like, oh cool can I be like I feel it'll be maybe different for me it'll be a different vibe maybe compared mm-hmm. to like a performer. Mm-hmm. like an uh because it's it's a different role you see what i mean yeah, yeah. so i think how i would see it'll be kind of i experience it a bit differently mm. and i wouldn't necessarily be looking at like i want to be for me i don't i don't want to be on stage like that like i'd mm-hmm. rather be in the background and just that like, enjoying the beat enjoying the music enjoying it that's mm-hmm. how i would approach like experience it mm-hmm. i don't yeah, know you're not gonna be like dj, DJ Khaled doesn't actually produce anything and puts his name on it I mean, yeah. That that that's yeah. basically what we're trying to avoid. It's that kind of situation mm-hmm. where it's like, why are you on stage? You don't, you don't, you mm-hmm. like, you don't even, you don't even really a DJ. Like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you even spin no records. Where was the last time DJ Khaled spun a record? Um, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Like, please, guys, can like, you can we go and find footage of when DJ Khaled did some something worth DJing, um, or not showing up in the video? Not. I'm just saying. Like, I I know he's an influencer. And apparently he has an ear for music. Yeah. Um, Whatever that means. Um, Ear for music. Just show up on a video and just, yeah, ear for music. Um, I I, I agree with Danny. Like, to be honest Mm. with you, like, producer's job is to facilitate the artist's dream as to where that music needs to go and how it needs to be received. And then after Mm. that, your job is done. Um, Obviously, there's other scenarios where, you know, you know, you, it's great to hear your music on the radio, but typically, like, at the end of the day, if it's a live performance, it's going to be an interpretation of what that artist is and how they kind of feel that music, even with the vibe mm. in the studio, what's happened, transpired before. So, as a producer, you shouldn't be holding on to, like, the fact that they didn't really play my beat the way I wanted it to be played, or they didn't play, they played a dj version of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why people might care a little bit more about that is because... Funny enough, music is probably accessed more in a live scenario nowadays in festivals and things than, you know, with streaming. Like, people are paying more attention to what... Um, people are going to remember a song when it's performed live more than they would, in my opinion anyway, than they would on a record. Because records are just now advertising materials. It just flies, in my opinion. Like, everything else that comes after that is fairly... is really important. Um, mm. So... I, I as a producer I wouldn't really have that much 
worry about that as long as you don't go and decimate my whole arrangement and just basically yeah. just make it like some thing I've never like I wouldn't have a problem with it because I've we're, we're past the point of I've sold the beat to you we've agreed mm. and yeah. that's where we are with the, with the piece of work and you know now it's up to you it's your your thing to do whatever yeah. you want to do with it so for me it's like mm. it's not that much of a debate if I had that much care about it then mm. I should not have sold that beat to you and I, if I had this mm. doubt that you know it wasn't going to be dealt with correctly in terms of what happened afterwards but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I, hold too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would just add again. I would say for me personally, the experience for me is really in the studio, really just working on it and being with the artist. Yeah, that's how I would see it. I feel like when you're on stage, that's more the artist realm to like experience it. I, I would suggest, I would guess that's like what you would how would you you would feel as well, like mm. more on stage and performing in front of people. For me, it'll be more ex- just like in my. <laughs> I know it's kind of sad, but in my room, just no, doing it and just making it be. But only your truth. Yeah, it just that's my that's how I like. That's my how I feel my void or whatever. If you get what I mean. No, yeah, that's that's interesting. That was a genuine question because I've always kind of wondered because I think one thing I'm starting to notice as well, like it's crazy how the industries like yeah, like it's all about the artist and then maybe artists we kind of gain this like entitlement of yeah it's all about me like don't care like <laughs> you lot are here to all serve me and it's like no no it's all it's still collaborative everything is a collaborative experience the people you don't see are just important just as important as the people you see like when people see me and like, oh yeah i've got a new project no someone designed it no someone produced it no someone so yeah it's just all how it all comes together and how everyone i guess kind of feels their their thing their experience of it all, do you know what I mean? So that's it. So I almost got cancelled by all Beyonce fans by saying this, but I always what? held to mm-hmm. I always held to account that post I am Sasha Fierce, no Beyonce album has ever been the same. And the main reason why is because of what you just described. Oh, I know they're coming for me. Um, <laughs> the main reason why is because if you look, look at the writers' credits, like look at who's actually contributed to these records, and look at like who's actually made the contribution to make these records happen, and you'll finally see that it is that Beyonce's music or whatever it is of that album is is just a brand. It's just something that you know, as a collaboration or whatever it is that you want to call it. It isn't just a lot of Beyonce fans think that's just one person, her in the room, you know orchestrating all these things happening mm-hmm. but what you have to understand is that actually no it's not it's like a company it's like a function yeah. everybody has their own entity of what they do differently to make that beyonce brand what it is and post yeah. i'm sasha fears you start to see more more and more production credits and more and more artists on there and yeah. there are lots of artists that played like that's one of the whole debate beyonce versus solange type thing i'm like yeah there's a reason why there's a reason why I think Solange yeah, just like washes Solange. Beyonce as an artist. This is just my opinion. As a pure artist, washes yeah, her. Unpopular opinion. Wash it. Washes. Wash. Don't even put them. Put them together. No, put them together in the studio to make one record. Like no, let's, let 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 there not be any producers anymore. Let there like let all the writers go to the room. Let's sit them. Let's give them just a, a, a key, a, like, like, because I know I've seen Solange produce. Like, she can play keys, she can do all sorts of crazy stuff, you know. And 
For me, that's how I see it. Like, I see it old school. Like, look at Aretha Franklin. To the day she died, she could play, play, like, really play, like, perform and never lost her chops. That's the, that's what you're competing, that's what people should be competing against. Not the fact that some musical director sat there through every minute detail and said, at 23 seconds, you turn left, and in 30 seconds, you turn right, and you your da- backup dancers make sure they don't fall over. Like, that to me is like what you should be in my, in my opinion that's also value that's why I think like someone like Solange washes Beyonce but that's just my opinion on it from like an artistic standpoint now a lot of people from her hive that might be like how could you how could you say these things like how could you even enunciate this blasphemy that's probably what the, 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 you, you... Guys, you don't hear from us the beehive have just removed us i don't co-sign any of this you guys are leaving me stuck on an island on my own yeah, yeah. you're on your own mate but listen listen you you go listen to solange's albums and you you know that that's production from an individual's perspective there's an individual feeling in those records like and when i hear beyonce stuff they it's don't get me wrong the music is great but i just hear a company i hear a foundation i hear someone that really came from berkeley music or full sale academy playing or, or or being their musical director and making sure that this thing is one whole you know performance or like one whole like i guess one whole type of movement and sometimes it's it's important for people to understand what they're actually buying, you know? Mm. I guess that brings us full circle to social responsibility again, if we're going to start again on, on consumers. Sorry, sorry, consumers. But, but, but not, I don't apologise. You guys need to improve. <laughs> well, there's the accountability. There is the accountability. All you, all you people out there who you want to help your artist friend, Please go and face your book, mm-hmm. add value, <laughs> so you can talk to your artist friends, <laughs> have these conversations, and take over. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't mm-hmm. just, don't just don't just do it for the gram. You know, do it because yeah. you actually care about what your friend is actually eating tomorrow. Because there's bad people with no money out here, and their friends could if 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 you know if you if what's what's my my message to people is like you're able to impact your friend's life for, for five days right like what difference does that make to when you go and buy you know some drake ticket or something like honestly if you split that 75 pound that you spent on the drake ticket and don't get me wrong you want to do it for the gram and you want to do it because it's a moment in your life that you're never going to scroll through your snapchat reel and your instagram reel to never look again you know like that like for real like let's be honest like how many people go to gigs and take a bunch of photos and take some videos yeah. and then they look at it once a year and then your friend is starving out here having to you know put bananas and sandwiches and stuff you know like you know like, you know <laughs> that's that's the truth it's the truth man the eyes are doing that, that you know people putting pork people putting pork pies and sandwiches and stuff because they can't have you know you your friends are doing this stuff man and they're trying to just be out here you know trying to put some good music out they put their music on there for one ninety nine on Bandcamp. You can't even look at them like they're a normal person. Like, come on, man. Be, be, we got to be better than this. We, we we are better than this. This is... this is Cancel your subscriptions. We are better than this. Come on, man. Like, for real. Like, you know, you guys got to... You guys got to fix up, man. You got to... Despicable. But... 
Anyways, we appreciate y'all that show up though. Yeah, we yeah, do appreciate. Yeah, on the on the realness, but on the realness, on a positive note, if you do show up for your friends and you do support them as artists and you do actually genuinely care, big up to you, honestly. Well, we are gonna have a playlist as well to come across this episode, and it's going to be around artists that talk about social issues. But actually own up to it. <laughs> so, so actual artists that actually like. So, I'm I'm thinking of people from the past and the people, um, even in the present now as well. So we're gonna have a mixture of different artists that have, you know, have shown that social responsibility and really demonstrated how that is. You know, in terms of their actions, be it like how they've done that in their music or outside of it. So, you guys got a little curated playlist to look forward to on spotify and wherever it is that you guys go and get playlists which we'll plug again in the post so um yeah that's what you guys that's the that's the consumer reward for the podcast <laughs> so guys do you want to all plug your um socials what we got I guess we'll go uh, with Mr. Cooper first because he's got seventeen. So <laughs> I just I just blessed him with one today. But, uh, just the one. Oh, we're so we so lucky. <laughs> yeah, but my Instagram, um, Fantone underscore Coop. So that's P H A N T O N E double um underscore C. Um, double OP man, I always forgot it. <laughs> about Fantone, under- see, this is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, Fantone underscore Coop. Um, for you, those that don't know, I just do boom bap, hip hop, kind of taking out a bit of a hiatus right now, but I'll be back soon with some more stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, just check out my Instagram and you might like something. Just you know, go to my beat stars as well, it's in the link. Consumers, if you have any, you know, support the little man. If you have any little, you know, spare change, rappers, <laughs> anything. You don't want to be eating no. banana sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I don't want to be that. I want to be in the finest, finest foods in the finest restaurants. <laughs> guys, give him, give him a chance, man, so you can at least waitress can open the door for us. Come on, we need help. Come on, now. Exactly. <coughs> I guess Labs is you next, if you, if you want to. Yes, um, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, follow me on YouTube, that is at It's Labs, that's I-T-S. L-A-V-Z, not S, Z. The Z is very necessary. I don't know why, but it's necessary. You won't find me if you type in L-A-V-S. I'm just letting you know. But by the time this is out, we can cut this bit. But make sure you download, listen to, stream the Symmetry EP. It is Mm -hmm. out. Go cop that. Go share it with your friends and share it with me let me know your thoughts guys be good consumers there's some dope music out there man we gotta we gotta we gotta our social responsibility this week whatever you listen to this symmetry labs l-a-v-z okay we 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 gotta we gotta support that good music it's gonna be it's gonna be an experience so um yeah please go 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 check that out go go uh go on instagram or probably everything is gonna be on there so you you can check out Labs' music. Well, yes, I guess it's less as Old Man Dennis. I think I'm, too, I'm really embracing this character. Right, right? I think I feel like as if I'm going to change all my... I'm going to 
be like, Daddy, I gotta change add a new alias to get a new <laughs> new t- new Twitter account called at old man Dennis ninety two dot com. But also there is this I'm I am the only person here that probably has an Instagram that is not really popping. So uh Help an old brother out, you know. All you youngers, you know, go 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 help go help our full fo- our follow count. It's don't be a menace ninety two, which is probably a fitting name. <laughs> but if you do feel interested in following me, please do so. Um, you can talk to me about anything about music. I recently had someone on stereo try to ask me to manage them after a conversation. So, so all you young guys, if you have got questions about the music industry. You want to talk to all bad Dennis, direct, live and direct, don't be a menace, 92. I'm more than happy to listen. I'm more than happy to help you through this journey that you're going through. And um, yeah, it's going to be good fun. So looking forward to it. Um, But yeah, until the next episode, check the B-side, baby. Check the B-side. Check the B-side. Episode two, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. But yeah, we'll check it out. This is the podcast where life meets music. See you next time. Uh, Check our playlist out. Be a good consumer. Bye bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.